Hello and welcome to the Common Good Podcast, the podcast that showcases the very best of Glasgow Caledonian University and how the institution, its staff and its research benefits people and communities both at home and overseas. My name is Craig Telfer and I'm very happy to be joined by Christina Kelly, a student wellbeing advisor, to talk about the help and support the university offers student carers. Christina, it's brilliant to have you on the show. Thank you very much for joining me. Thank you. I want to start with quite a big question, Christina. What do we mean by student carers? Thanks, Craig. I'm really happy to be here today. So at GCU, we use the, the Carers Trust definition of a carer. So that's that a carer is anyone who cares unpaid for a friend or a family member who, due to illness, disability, a mental health problem or an addiction, cannot cope without their support. So there's no such thing as a typical carer. Mm-hmm. Unpaid care can be physical, it can be emotional or social. So there's no kind of fixed manifestation of that role. The student carers I meet in my role all have their own kind of unique situations. So some might be parents of children with disabilities or long-term health health conditions. Mm -hmm. Others might be caring for a parent or a partner, friend or relative. So often they're looking after people with quite complex needs who require support around the clock, sometimes through the night and often at short notice. So it's not a kind of Monday to Friday, nine to five role. Um, Anyone can become a carer at any time. So some students might become carers during the time they're at university, for example, if someone close to them becomes unwell. Mm -hmm. So this could even be at quite a crucial time, such as going into their final year. Um, But often it's the experience people gain from their caring role that inspires them to come to university. Um, I meet a lot of student carers who've come into programmes like nursing and social work, and it's often because of their own experiences navigating the health and social care system. And I think having people with this kind of life experience on these programmes is really valuable. They bring knowledge and transferable skills and a whole lot of empathy. Um, And they also, they tend to really value the opportunity to be at university. Um, Often carers will put the needs of the person they care for before themselves. So it becomes a huge part of that person's identity and being at university is kind of viewed as something they're doing for themselves. So it feels like a bit of respite for them and it helps them feel a sense of identity that's not all about their caring role. Brilliant, that's an excellent definition, Christina. That's absolutely fantastic. How many people in Scotland are student carers? Do we have numbers for that? Yeah, well, it's difficult to say. So just to kind of put it into context, a lot of people don't recognise themselves as carers. So they just see themselves as kind of helping out at home. They think of it as something everybody does. So the actual figures are likely to be a lot higher than reported. And an additional difficulty with the figures for student carers is that UCAS doesn't currently gather this data from applicants. Having said that, Carers Trust estimates there's around 30 to 35,000 student carers in Scotland. If we were to look at carers in the general population in Scotland, we think that's around 800,000, so maybe one in eight of the working population. And it seems like those figures are increasing during COVID. You mentioned at the start some of the challenges that student carers might face. Can you expand on that further, Christina? What are some of the difficulties and the the barriers they might come across that that stops them from having a quote-unquote normal experience at university? Yeah, so student carers are quite often competing their studies alongside other kind of priorities and responsibilities. So these can fluctuate from day to day and from week to week. So it's not always easy to plan around. They're often feeling quite stressed, they're tired, they're attending various appointments. They might not be able to leave the house if the person they're looking after has become unwell or they've been up through the night. So this all has an impact on things like attendance or when they are at university, they can often feel quite anxious. They might be preoccupied or worried about the person they're caring for. So all of this has an impact on their engagement with their learning as well as their social interactions. 
finances is a big one, so there's little time for them to engage in paid work alongside their studies in their caring role. And as full-time students, they're not eligible for carer's allowance. They're often quite isolated. They find it difficult to make time for themselves and for their studies. And when they are studying, I think it can be quite disrupted time. So it's hard to find a headspace to really concentrate on a task. And then there's the difficulty kind of managing the boundaries around the caring role and the student role. And I think that's even more so now that people are learning remotely. They've not got the physical space yeah. to create that boundary. Are there any myths or misconceptions that people might have towards student carers? Yeah, so I think sometimes the word carer um, has different different meanings, which um, can be quite confusing. So just to kind of clarify that, the words, what we don't mean when we're talking about carers in this context are things like people who are contracted to provide a health and social care service, whether that be in a paid role or a voluntary role. Someone who's a parent, so unless your child has a long-term health condition, an illness or a disability, you wouldn't fall into this category. Or maybe someone who's just carrying out day-to-day tasks for someone who is capable of carrying out those tasks independently. We also wouldn't consider them a carer. Um, Another area of confusion is around care experience people. So when we talk about care experience as opposed to carers, we're referring to people who have been or perhaps still are being cared for themselves. So this might be in a residential care setting. It might be that they're with foster carers, or it could be more kind of informal arrangements, like mm-hmm. being looked after with friends or relatives who stepped in to look after a child or young person at a time when a parent's unable to do so. So there can be overlap with these groups. So, mm-hmm. for example, you might have someone who was looked after for a period of time when a parent was a, was too unwell to care for them, and that person could now be a care a carer for that parent or maybe younger siblings if the parent right. has ongoing difficulties. So where the students fall into both categories, a carer and their care experience, they can access support for both. It sounds um, like there's quite a lot of grey areas then between the, the how we define what a carer is. Yeah, I think obviously you know there can be overlap between these things. You know, nobody's ever just one label and that's that's what they are. There's you know you quite often find you know people have had a, a history, they might have been doing one thing and now they're, they're kind of moving on and doing another so I think that's quite common often that we'll have carers as well who maybe have a disability themselves but they're also looking after someone so there's quite often these intersections that we need to think about as well. Are student carers likely to be stigmatised by their peers or their classmates? Um, I think there can be stigma around caring and um, that's something I've never fully understood um, there's a good stat where um, carers save the Scottish economy £10.3 billion a year. Um, so that figure is kind of close to the, the cost of providing a, a second NHS in Scotland. So just despite that, I often hear student carers worry about being a burden or feeling that they're less deserving of support than others. And I think from the perspective of student carers, they can find it really difficult to make friends. So partly that they don't have time to get involved in university social life and partly because their life experiences can be so different to those around them, they just find it hard to relate to people. So often they can't move away from home. So that's another opportunity to make friends that they miss out on. Mm-hmm. And then I think in university as well, there's a lot of focus on group work and how students are assessed. So that's yeah. really difficult for some groups of students like carers. So they've got a lot going on in their lives and they might find it easier to set their own pace rather than meet the expectations of the group. So I think maybe things like more flexibility around how students are assessed could be mm-hmm. a bit more inclusive of the needs of diverse groups of students. That's very interesting, Christina, and that leads me on very nicely to, to my next question. Could you tell me about the kind of support that GCU offers for student carers? 
Yep, so we've got carers are included in our contextualised admissions policy. Um, I'm not entirely sure how widely known that is. Once students are here, I think having the one point of contact makes life a bit simpler for them. So I can offer them practical and emotional support, as well as signposting them to other services, both within the university and externally. Um, I encourage student carers to set up a student carer plan. So this is something we can share with the department so that the department's aware of their circumstances and we can then negotiate some flexibility that will help the student to balance their caring role with their studies. So the examples of flexibility might be around things like their start time and their finish time. Mm -hmm. We might look at um, requesting a placement that's a bit closer to home in case okay. we need to get home in an emergency. Now, I know the university is a Going Hire for Student Carers Award recipient. So what does mm -hmm. that mean and how did the university win the award? That's a scheme that was introduced by the Carers Trust Scotland. So they carried out some research into the experience of student carers and they, they found, for example, that student carers were four times more likely to drop out of university than students without caring responsibilities. Mm -hmm. And they also found you know, a, a big impact on student carers' physical health or mental health. So they kind of decided to, to create this scheme to kind of put a bit of support in place and try and kind of redress that a bit. So the purpose of the scheme was to raise awareness of student carers and highlight the challenges that negatively impact on their ability to reach their full potential. So we were among the first universities in Scotland to work towards this award and I think it fitted really well with the kind of common good ethos and yeah, our existing 100%. commitments to, to widening participation. Um, so we worked closely with Carers Trust Scotland who guided us through the process. It was really well, well structured around the kind of themes of identifying and supporting student carers. We had to provide evidence of the work we were doing, both with current students and with prospective students in our outreach activities. And although we have the award, this is something we have to maintain through our ongoing commitment to supporting student carers. You mentioned Carers Trust Scotland, Christina. How important is it that we work alongside this organisation to provide the best level of support for our students? I think um, Carers Trust Scotland have been a fantastic support. So they've given us a lot of the understanding that we currently have of the, the experiences of student carers and the sorts of things that will help them. They're always kind of on hand to give us advice if there's anything we're not sure about. They've come in and they've delivered training for their staff. They've got all their network partners have come in and they've worked with us as well. So they've done things like have pop-up stands on campus to help raise visibility of carers and the supports they can access. We've also had um, North Lanarkshire Carers Together, they're a Carers Trust partner and they're really keen to engage with the health school. So we've got students obviously who are training to become healthcare professionals and it's really important for those students to be carer aware because of the role that they'll have in the future supporting mm -hmm. patients and carers when they go out onto practice. Uh, we've also got a, a really good relationship with East End Community Carers who are also a, a partner of Carers Trust. So they've been facilitating mindfulness sessions for student carers, which were, were initially on campus, but then they moved to online. So that was, that was also a really good support. So, so they provide a range of things that I've, I've found really helpful. No, no that, does, that sounds excellent. It's good to know that the university does have so many mechanisms in place to, to, to help um, student carers that it's written into GCU policy and that we are working uh, with, with charities like Carers Trust Scotland. Mm -hmm. um, how many student carers do we have at the university? Do you have a number? It's, again, it's quite difficult to answer just because of how the data is gathered, but mm -hmm. we think around 300 students disclosed they were carers on their registration forms, and maybe around 50 to 60 have come forward to ask for support in the last year. So that figure has been increasing each year as the as kind of knowledge of the Go and Hire Awards um, increases and awareness of the support increases as well. 
what kind of factors would stop someone that marked down as a carer? What would stop them from coming forward to you and asking for support? Are there any barriers that would be in place? I guess not, not all carers identify as carers, but I suppose if you're saying if they've ticked the box, it might be that they've, they recognise they're a carer, but they maybe don't need our support. So it might be that their course already offers some flexibility, or it might be that they have other supports around them to help them kind of manage that. Um, some students aren't really aware of the support, so we, we try and be proactive. So we promote it on social media, we have stalls at Freshers Week and other events. Um, we email out the students who, who tick that box, but it doesn't always reach everyone. You know, students miss emails, especially when they are so busy. Some student carers just don't feel they've got the time to engage with support. So that's something I hear quite a lot when I try and signpost them on to external supports or to events on campus. Your job must be quite satisfying, Christina. If you've worked with someone who's coming at first year and has approached you for support and, and seeing them on their journey throughout university and seeing them graduate and go on to make a success for themselves, that must be quite satisfying. Yeah, yes. I mean, I, I couldn't do my role without the support of colleagues from across the university. And I've heard some really fantastic feedback about some of the, the personal tutors who've helped student carers. So that's always really good to hear. Um, it's not something that everyone is, is that confident with, though. So I'm also involved in other projects to kind of help raise awareness of student carers and help people see what kind of things they can do to support them. Um, so, for example, I'm working with Carers Trust Scotland at the moment. We're developing an online module that will be available through the Open University. So that's kind of looking at uh, carer awareness and staff and students will be able to access that once, it's, once we've completed it. Um, and I'm also looking for carers, uh, student carers to contribute stories that we can include on our web pages. So that actually came from a suggestion that a student carer um, gave me. Mm. Um, so we always listen to student carers. We're always happy to have their input. Um, and I think that will really kind of bring to life some of the experience they're having and hopefully see, help people to see how they, can, how they can help. Is there more that can be done to help student carers? Do you think that we're doing enough at the university or even going one step further at local governmental level to support them? I think there's always kind of more that we can be thinking about. I think, you know, from the kind of much higher up level, I would really like to see carers allowance extended to student carers. Um, I think the idea that because they're a full-time student, they're not a full-time carer anymore doesn't make a whole lot of sense. They've still got that responsibility. They're just suddenly trying to juggle a whole lot more. Um, I would like to see a tick box introduced on the UCAS application. So we have that now for care experience students mm -hmm. so that they can disclose and it means that pre-entry supports can be put in place to kind of ease that transition. At GCU, I would like to see the supports more widely promoted. So maybe kind of lecture slides now and then, letting students know about the supports mm -hmm. um, and maybe in the kind of wider student comms activities. Um, it's also, obviously, I mentioned about students' influence in what we do. So we've got yearly evaluations where, and also students can just let us know as we, as we progress what kind of things they would like to see. Um, there's a Carers Trust survey that's open at the moment. It will close on the 14th of July, and it's a nationwide survey that's going to be gathering the views of student carers and the staff members supporting them. So it's going to feed into a final report that will help the Carers Trust to evaluate the work of the Go and Hire project and kind of help shape future policy and practice across the sector. So I would encourage anybody, um, whether it's a student carer or a member of staff involved in their support, to, to kind of have their voices heard in that survey so that that can... I think that would be a really interesting piece of research. Mm -hmm. As well as all the good work that we do for student carers, GCU has been recognised as a care positive employer by Carers Scotland and they offer support services for staff who might be in a similar position. Can you talk about that, Christina? 
Yeah, so I, I, that's something I'm really pleased about. That was um, something announced in Caledonian Connected during Carers Week um, in June. So Adrian Louie, our Equality and Diversity Advisor, has been leading on that work alongside some input from, I've been in a small group myself and a couple of staff carers. So the Carer Positive Scheme is supported by another organisation called Carers Scotland. And that's just about kind of recognising carers in the workplace and having kind of consistent support across an organisation. So I think they, their stats tell us that three in five of us will become a carer at some point in our lifetime. So I think it's in everyone's interest for employers to be supportive of, of course, this. Yeah. Is there any projects that you and your team are going to be taking part in in the future? So I think I mentioned the, the module and the, the stories that's kind of at the forefront of my mind in terms of carers. Um, I'm also based within the student wellbeing service, so that includes the disability team, the counselling team, and the mental health advisors. So uh, they're doing a lot of good work as well. They've recently the, the university has been recognised by National Autistic Society. We've recently um, got autism accreditation, and um, we're the first university to ever achieve this. So that's that's a really big achievement. So we'll be kind of continuing that work. Um, they do a lot of work around kind of they do pre-entry workshops with students and kind of ongoing group-based supports. And they also offer kind of guidance and training to staff around accessibility and inclusive practice. So all that stuff I think should be really useful to people to, to come and get involved with. Definitely. It sounds like even imagine 15 years ago, a lot of these services might not have been in place, uh, not just mm -hmm. at the university, but, but just generally. So it's good to know that we have mechanisms and support in place to help a more uh, diverse uh, range of students and staff on our campus. Yeah, I think so. Um, I think GCU has always been really good at that kind of thing, kind of welcoming students from diverse backgrounds. So I'm, I'm glad that we're kind of recognising the needs of more groups and the intersections between them as well, and we're able to, to offer support. And of course, another project that you're working on is with your mental health officer. Can you tell me a bit about some of the stuff they're working on? Yeah, so our mental health project officer has been really helpful with our online communications through things like our keeping our web pages up to date and doing a lot of stuff on social media for us. We've got a weekly newsletter that both staff and students can sign up to and she's also kind of put a lot of the stuff on our website together to kind of create an, an online wellbeing module. So I think all that stuff is particularly important just now when we're off campus and the service isn't quite so visible. It's good that all our online materials are, are really accessible. Definitely, Christina. And I just want to say thank you very much for joining me on today's show. I really enjoyed this. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I'd also like to thank everyone for listening to today's episode and I hope you'll join us again soon when I'll be talking to another member of staff from Glasgow Caledonian University. In the meantime, please subscribe to this podcast via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to us from, and make sure you give us a five-star rating while you're at it. Until then, I've been Craig Telfer, and this has been The Common Good Podcast.